Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. In the last few weeks, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs, and it seems only appropriate that we would actually move to the end of Proverbs. Now, we're going to go back. We're going to look at some of the others. But it seems only appropriate on a day like this that we would come to Proverbs 31. I want to talk to you this morning about the ideal, about what God would have us to see in a wise woman and a wise mother and how those mothers are honored. The ideal. Now, think about it a moment. You, you, you can think of certain instances, certain things that, that you can see how they would look if it were ideal. You know what I'm saying? You've had people before remind you that maybe you're not living in an ideal world, but you have what the ideal picture would look like. You know what you think it should look like. I think about families, the ideal family. All of us have a picture of what the ideal family would look like. It was informed in different things in our lives. When I was younger, it seemed that it would be influenced by maybe what I saw on television. You know, television can affect our ideals from time to time, rightly or wrongly. It can affect our ideals. Now, Years and years ago, you could see an ideal family. Maybe you remember these. Ideal family. Ideal family, something like the Cleavers. Some of you remember them? You're old enough? Some of you? Few? I've seen it in rebroadcast, I think, somewhere along the line. But the Cleaver family. And that was kind of like what a lot of people wanted to be, kind of like the Cleavers. You know, when I would come home in the afternoons, a lot of times I would see this little show. It was still in black and white, but they would, again, rerun it or so. The Andy Griffith Show. Man. Now, it was a little different because it showed you a single dad, but you could see how he would pour into his son wisdom and discipline and strength. I mean, how many of us... Guys didn't want to grow up at some point, those of us that remember it, grow up and be something like Andy Griffith. Well, maybe it's just me. But ever, I mean, that you wanted to have those type of parenting skills. Well, in the 80s when I grew up, there was another family that captured the nation's attention, and it was uh, the Huxtable family, the Cosby Show in the 80s. Now, I remember that. I was growing up in the, and I remember Thursday nights, NBC, especially those early episodes. I mean, to see the joy and to see how they handled different things. I mean, I, for years and years, I've been waiting to use that line that he used. I brought you in this world and I will take you out of this world. You remember? <laughs> I mean, so here was the family. Unfortunately, even as time is come through as it has advanced, we see less and less of the ideal, especially as it is related to us by television and by media. We remember some of those that we set up as the ideal, but they are fewer and fewer. But I want you to know that while television and culture and other things may change, and they may change what they believe the ideal to be, God's word never changes. And we have the ideal given to us. And when you look at Proverbs 31, you see this woman, this woman that is the ideal, 
this mother, this wife, this one who is to be honored. You see the ideal given for us. I want you to read through this passage with me. I want you to see this description. And I want you to see how wise mothers are honored by their children, by their family, by God himself. Let's look at this. Beginning in verse 10, it says, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distant and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. And yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates." Now, when you read through the book of Proverbs and you come to chapter 31, at the beginning of this, especially when you get to verse 10 and you see uh, this poem that is given to us, it may seem rather strange. I mean, to read through the Proverbs, you see these short, true-to-life sayings most of the time, these comparisons that the writer of the proverb would give to you. But here you have actually a poem. It's a lengthy poem. From verse 10 to verse 31, an acrostic. What, what is meant by that? That means basically that you have one letter of the alphabet that begins each line. It's a successive lettering system so that people will remember. And why in the world would you put it here at the end? I mean, does this cap off the rest of the book of Proverbs? You know, I was looking through that and asking myself that question. And as I look at the book of Proverbs, I see so much that speaks to the relationship of individuals, especially within the family. Now, I know we've only gotten started in the book of Proverbs and only gotten started with this series, but in the next few months, uh, next few weeks, we're going to look at some of these where we talk about the relationship of the family. And I hope that then you will see that the book of Proverbs speaks so much to the family, to the relationships that people enjoy. And it seems after understanding that and reading through that, that it would be only appropriate that you would end the book of Proverbs with the ideal type of wife, the ideal type of mother, the ideal type of family. I would suggest to you that verses 10 through 31 are written not just to show how wise mothers are honored, but also to encourage young men to go after these type of ladies. 
If you read through the book of Proverbs, you'll see time and time again, Solomon or others who will try to speak into their children's life and who will try to say to them, these are the type of people you need to be associating with and the type of people that you need to be marrying. And it seems like this brings it all together. It's kind of like young son here. Young son, this is the type of wife that you would want in your life. Notice first her worth, the worth of a wise woman. In verse 10, it says, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. It's not that you cannot find these type of women. It just means that these women are valuable when you do find them. That here it says that far above rubies, far above jewelry, far above riches, far above resources, there is great worth that you'll find in this type of ideal woman. And he goes on to show the worth and the value. He says in verse 11, the heart of her husband safely trust her. Trust her. I'm reminded more and more each day that trust is at the very foundation of every relationship we have. It is difficult to have any type of relationship if you do not have some form of trust. I mean, we even call people to come and begin their relationship with Christ. How do they do that? By coming and placing their trust and their faith in Him. And for all of us that live in relationships daily, we have to demonstrate some trust. And the more I sit down with married couples, the more I realize that trust anchors a relationship. And when trust is broken, you will see a relationship that is also broken. Trust. How many times have I heard it where a couple will sit down in front of me and she will look at me and she'll say something like, I simply can't trust him. Or he'll look at me and he'll say, I cannot trust her. I tell you, that's a sad relationship. That's a difficult place to find yourself. But may I say to you that it is an ever-growing circumstance. That people seem not to be able to trust their spouse or other relationships that they have. Now, sometimes it can be a trust issue because we know that our trust has been broken by somebody else and we somehow take it out upon our spouse. But many times it is legitimate that mistrust. We should trust. Notice it says that here the husband trusts his wife. When he goes out and he does whatever he needs to do, he trusts her. He trusts her to do the right thing. He trusts her to follow the good thing her life oh what it's like to live in a relationship of trust of trust now listen i tell you that we should demonstrate trust especially in our in our husband wife relationship certainly we should do that well brother reggie how about those individuals that contact is it okay is it okay for me to uh talk to my high school sweetheart, text message them or Facebook them at 12 o'clock at night? You think I'm kidding. Well, I'm not, I'm not meaning anything. I just want to, they ought to trust me. You just said they ought to trust me. 
Let me remind you of something. The scripture says, flee from any appearance of evil. And I would say to you that you ought to use wisdom in your relationship and trust. And you ought to say, you know what? This isn't going to happen. I'm not going to do this. Let me give you a principle. You may hear me expound upon it in the days to come. The principle. Don't stand by the tree and you won't eat from the tree. If you don't stand by the tree, you'll never eat from the tree. And the idea is that you flee from every appearance of evil. Trust. Believe. But use good judgment and wisdom in your relationship. Here it says that she can be trusted. And when you have found a woman like that, when you have found a man like that in your life, how blessed it is, isn't it? Some of you could give personal testimony today of knowing that you didn't have to worry or concern or have all of that tension inside because you knew that you could trust. The value, the worth of such a woman to be able to trust. To trust and also notice the worth of her kindness. It says, verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. In verse 26, it says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. That you find kindness coming from her, that she is kind and compassionate and she relates to her husband and to others in that kindness. We're going to dig deeper into these relationships, as I said, in the weeks to come, but I'll never forget my high school Bible teacher. My high school Bible teacher, that meant so much to me. And yes, it was a public school, but we were in North Mississippi, so we still had Bible in the school. And I'll never forget him covering Proverbs. And you know what he said? He said that you could title the book of Proverbs basically in this way. Cheating men and complaining women. I reacted about the same way which you did. We're going to talk about those specifics in the days to come. You'll not want to miss a sermon, will you? But notice here he says, this woman, the way she communicates is with kindness. Kindness. I am often reminded that we may be kinder to strangers than we are our own families. personal confession but I think it's a corporate confession that many times we can show more kindness to people we do not know than we do those that we love doesn't there seem to be something backwards about that those we love kindness and notice it says in all the days of our life, in good days, in bad days, there's still this sense of kindness that is there. Oh, to find that type of woman or that type of man. How blessed. The worth of the wise woman. Notice you'll also see the work of a wise woman. 
verse 13, it says, she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Later on, he'll say that she will not eat the bread of idleness in verse 27. And in many of these terms, you'll hear it described in a domestic fashion because in those days, obviously, uh, the wife was responsible for so much in the household. The men living in this agricultural uh, context was out doing different things and she was primarily there taking care of different things and she was working and working hard. Guys, those of you who aren't married... You need to find a hard-working woman, right? Where are my other guys? Somebody say amen in this place. She's not eating the bread of idleness. She's working. She's taking care of things. And look, sometimes we define work in how much um, uh, produce or how much we've produced out in the workplace itself. We think of it now being out. and Yes, there are those who are out that are contributing in their way, and that's a wonderful thing. You'll notice that even this woman here had some type of eye for business because it talks about selling and that she had wisdom even in her decisions. So, yes, that's fine to do. And also for those that do so much work that goes unnoticed by so many others. I'm often reminded of that. Of those wives who um, take care of family things and and sometimes they're working jobs during the day and they're working at night or they're working a full-time job during the day at home, wherever it is. I think from time to time we ought to stop and say, thank you, because you are hardworking. You are one who does so much, so much. I've often thought women could take more pain than we men can and they can usually work rings around most of us men. I thought a woman would say amen somewhere along the line. I build, I build these things in just to hear occasionally amen. I thought it was a softball for you women. I think there's the work of the wise woman that is described here. Here in this case it says that Specifically, she's sewing, she's taking care of things, or maybe she's seeing that those things are taken care of. It says that when the snow comes and it's cold outside, her family's not worried because she's taking care of things. Again, she has an eye for business because she considers a field and she buys it from her profit. She plants a vineyard. She's a wise individual, even in her relationship and in her work. Oh, what a picture. The worth and the work of a wise woman. And you'll notice that even in her work, even in what she does in her busyness, she is not too busy to stop and show attention to those who need it most. It says that, yes, she extends her hand to the poor in verse 20. She reaches out her hands to the needy because she still has that caring, compassionate spirit. And then I would have you to look finally here at the worship, at the worship of this wise woman. You see, I think, her worth. I think you see her work described. But then you see her worship. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Now, let me say this. 
And let me say it as well as I can. When I speak about the worship of the wise woman, I'm going to talk about how people rise up and praise her. I'm going to talk about her specific worship, as you see, but I want you to see it in the right way. I understand, I understand before some of you give me theology lessons that only God is worthy of worship. I understand that, but notice this passage. The passage says that there will be those moments when her children, her husband, they will rise up and they will praise her. It says even her works will praise her in verse 31. There's a sense of praise and adoration for this type of, of woman. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. See, she's worshipped, she's praised, because ultimately she is worshipping the one true God. And she is praising him. Because that is the, the key to the ideal woman. I mean, we can describe, all of us have testimonies of describing different ones in our lives and how they worked and perhaps uh, how they showed kindness, or we, we could talk about all kinds of characteristics. But note this, the real wise woman, the real wise mother, is that one which has feared the Lord. She has worshipped him and him alone. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. Those things kind of fade away. Now, let me give you a piece of advice. Guys, I would not go up to a woman and say, hey, I don't find you attractive in a little bit, but you are a godly woman and I think I ought to marry you. Don't say that. That's not what they're saying here. It's not saying you shouldn't be attracted. It didn't say that at all. What he was doing was drawing a comparison. He was saying that this physical beauty will pass away. But all oh, those who fear God, those women who certainly surrender and submit themselves to God, those, those have true beauty that will never ever fade so there's the worship there's her worship and for us today to know about mothers about wives about women about men whoever in the family the key to us being wise and the key to us being successful in our families it goes back to our fear of Lord remember in Proverbs 1 7 that is the beginning of wisdom and here in the end you're reminded in Proverbs 31 that the wise woman is that one which fears the Lord I believe in offering as much resources and help as we can in the church's life I believe in Offering uh, marriage conferences and parenting seminars and all those things, those are good. I, I'm all for those things. And practical help, absolutely. But can we be honest that there are times, uh, no, they're not times, all the time in our marriages, we would be closer more times in our families we would be closer if we just simply injected more Christ-likeness. In other words, I can sit in parenting conferences and I can sit in marriage conferences, but until I learn to love my wife as Christ loved the church, until 
my wife hears that word from Christ in her heart and she grows into his image until we start, we grow into the image of Christ together it's going to be great frustration because so many people have the tools and the resources but they're not experiencing the transformation of Christ Jesus in their lives you want to see a better husband see one that fears the lord daily you want to see a wife, a better wife, better mother, a better husband? See one who fears the Lord daily, the worship. Well, you thought you got out, didn't you? You thought you were getting out so early today, finished all the points. But I want to share a little more with you. <laughs> what you worried about? Think I don't bring notes to the pulpit most of the time? Well, I brought a bunch of them today, huh? I can't believe I've been here this long and haven't mentioned more about my grandmother. A Proverbs 31 ideal type woman. Because you see, I would not be here today without my grandmother. She lived, as we would call it, North Mississippi, right across the yard. Every morning, every evening, during the day, I would make many, many treks out to see my grandmother. When I would get home from school and I would get off the bus, I would get off at my grandmother's house. And what she would do is she would help me with my homework. I want to talk about wisdom, and she would help me. I remember many days where she would call out words. She would call out different things for memory, and I would answer to see if I knew it. She helped me all the way through high school. My grandmother, who did not really have a high school education, she had studied algebra before I got home. Because she knew I'd be having to learn and do my homework when I got home. And she was there. She was there always. I remember how smart she I remember, I know this will surprise you, but I remember how well she could cook. Sundays when we finished up church, we went to my grandmother's house where she would have a spread. And that was the family tradition. I remember her so well and I could tell you all kinds of things about her I could tell you about how my grandfather was not probably the kindest individual I could tell you about days when she had some difficult times probably financially and probably many other ways but you'd never know it you see they owned a little farm I guess you would say grew their own crops, had about 60 head of Jersey cows and would milk each day. Still have memories of that work of my grandmother because they would go down to the barn and they'd have to come back up the hill and there was a little wagon they had where they had to pour the, the milk uh, cans. They had to pull them up the hill. And my, my grandmother would be on one side, standing at a firm four foot two probably, 
And my grandfather on the other side of that tongue, standing more at about six foot and coming up the hill together. Remember those days. But of all the things that I remember from her, I remember more her commitment to the Lord. A few years ago, before her death, she decided it was time to give away some of her books. I mentioned to you earlier that she wrote and she read every book she could. She would write to every televangelist. As I said before, that's the reason you'll see Oral Roberts' books on my shelves in the office. You say, what in the world? They're my grannies. I can't do anything else with them right now. But she passed along a lot of books. But this one says it all to me. This big book. It's a Bible. It has a lot of notes in the back, as you can tell. I tried to find a date on it. The title page is, is gone. Maybe in the late 1800s, early 1900s. You can see it's been worn, though, right? You see what's on the back? Duct tape. Fix anything, right? My granny applied that duct tape to this old Bible. You know, and I've looked through it and I've thought about it many times. I mean, really, it looks so ragged, doesn't it? Probably, I don't know, not worth too much to too many. But for me, it represents, it represents my grandmother and her faith. Because you see, she wasn't a flashy woman. She only stood, as I said, four foot or so. Just a small lady. Just lived on Birmingham Ridge most all her life. Going to the truck patch, going to the barn, taking care of just a few things. I mentioned this, maybe, that when my grandfather died, right before he died, he bought her a new truck. She had never had a driver's license in her life. But he bought her a truck because he wanted her to be able to go to church. So she had a little blue Ford pickup. AM radio only. None of the extras. All that stuff wasn't needed. And each Sunday morning when you would go down Birmingham Ridge Road, you would probably meet my grandmother. Well, if you could see her head above the steering wheel. She usually used a book about like this to sit on a mile down and a mile back. It's the only time that truck went anywhere. A mile down and a mile back. She loved the Lord. She wasn't much to look at. But just as this book is filled with precious treasure of the Word of God, so was her life. She studied more than anybody I've ever known. And not only studied it, but she extended the words of kindness. She extended her hand of compassion. She worked hard. 
but she loved the Lord. Because see, all of us could stand and tell these stories, right? So many of us could. You, you can too. Many of you, you know ladies like that. You could stand today. And we could celebrate what they meant to us. We could celebrate those moments that they demonstrated goodness and those moments they demonstrated kindness. We could talk about those moments. But again, what, what is the key to this? The woman who fears the Lord. Because today it's not just about celebrating mothers. It's not just about celebrating fathers or homes or anybody else. It's about celebrating those who have feared the Lord and who have impressed it upon our hearts and our lives. And today ought to be a day when people just gather and they rise up Children, grandchildren, those who have spiritual mothers, those who have spiritual grandmothers who rise up and call them blessed because they have worshipped the one true God. My grandmother didn't have a whole lot to give me when she passed besides some of these books, maybe a little collection of quarters she had. But what she gave me will last me for eternity. Because she gave me more than anybody else. Jesus Christ. And who he was. And who he is. And what he does in our lives. And the challenge is for us. Will we be those kind of people? Not just reflect and praise, but will we be those kind of people? And yes, this is for mothers, but this is for any woman. This is for all of us in this place. Will we be the people who pass on Jesus Christ to others as they come behind? The worth of the woman, the work of a wise woman, and the worship. There is nothing like it that we can experience.